0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode number 196. Uh, Today, we're opening Acts of the Apostles, chapter 6. Now, chapter 6 is really, really small. And I may have mentioned it before, but if you've ever wondered who divided uh, Scripture... End of chapters and verses. um, uh, The Archbishop of Canterbury uh, placed the chapter divisions in uh, 1200 and something or other AD, and after that, uh, verses were added. Uh, Why? uh, A matter of fact, the Wycliffe Bible. Uh, that was published around 1382 uh, Is the one that uh, Pretty much established the pattern of using Chapters, and nearly all translations Have followed those those divisions uh, What was that guy's name? Stephen Langton Was the Archbishop of Canterbury Anyway Uh, Chapter six is divided into in a really weird spot. Uh, We're going to start talking about Stephen, uh, who was the first martyr in the modern church. Uh, So why this particular chapter was cut off where it was is one of those things I've often wondered. uh, But we'll see shortly. Uh, So I just wanted to, to point that out to you. Let's dig in. Okay, so chapter 6 starts uh, sort of right in the middle of a thought. Uh, The end of chapter 5 when the apostles left the high council rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. And every day in the temple and from house to house, They continue to teach and preach the message that Christ is the Messiah. So you remember that from chapter 5. And now chapter 6 starts here. But as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. Now, if you've been with me for very long and we've gone over uh, Old Testament stories and New Testament stories, uh, people always start grumbling about something. And when I was younger, that always used to bother me. You know, why did... uh, the nation of Israel wander around in the Sinai Desert for 40 years? Why were they afraid to go into the promised land when Moses initially wanted to lead them men? Uh, you know, things like this. And as I've gotten older and matured, I've got a long way to go. Everybody does, believe me. I started thinking about it a little bit more. And what is the source... Of discontent with human beings. Uh, God wants us to live a certain way. And he even went to the trouble of having it written down for us, right? And in today's society, we've seen people just do vile, disgusting, gross things. And say, hey, we're right to think that this is okay. And of course they're not. Why? Because God is our creator. And he said, this is the way we're supposed to live. So let's think about this just a little bit. Um, Satan uh, will try to destroy everything about God. You know, everything he's created, his people, uh, his righteousness, uh, the way he wants us to live. And if he can't attack us outright, what is a great way to sow discord? And that's sowing dissension within the rumbling that these believers are experiencing today. And if we examine our own lives, we'll always become unhappy with this or that somebody has a better car than me. I need that better car to be happy. Why? Why would a material thing make you happy? One possible answer to that is, again, the concept that I've taught before of self-validation. If someone sees you driving a nice car that they don't have, Uh, they might feel jealousy. Thus, you'll feel better about yourself. And that's not why we should feel good about ourselves. We should only feel good if we do the work of God, loving one another, helping one another. And the key to love is wanting what's best for someone else, as I've taught before, without the desire for acknowledgement of having done something for someone else. And what we're seeing here is, is not believers being spoiled or uh, ungrateful. Because remember, just a few chapters ago, all the believers worked together and they sold their belongings and shared everything Well, the reason that happened then is the initial release of the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was magnified at that time. So there was a a closeness to God. And as we get away uh, on the timeline from the release of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, the farther away from that we, we go, the less intense... The presence of the Holy Spirit, if you've repented of your sins and accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you do have the Holy Spirit within you, but not as strongly as Simon Peter on the day that 3,000 believed, not as strongly as John with Simon Peter when they were punished uh, for teaching in Solomon's Columnade. Uh, Not as strongly as Stephen, as we'll see a little bit in chapter six here, and then more so in chapter seven. And that's something that's hard to grasp. Anything that you encounter in your life that is negative in any way or against the idea of righteousness, the way God wants us to live, is from Satan. He's trying to draw you away from the Father. And as we can see in the world today, he's doing a pretty good job. Okay, Satan is powerful, but he can't defeat God. Okay, so that's something we have to keep in our minds. And it's so difficult to do today. Anything you watch on, on I was going to say television, but we don't usually, you know, it's not all television anymore. It's it's watching on your iPhones or iPads or whatever they call the droid versions of those. God forbid. Excuse me. I like joking about uh, uh, the droid operating system because as someone who has coded for years, I know how bad uh, the language of Java is. But forgive me if you love Java. But uh, it's it's just a memory sieve. But that's another story. So keep that in the back of your mind. Okay? Here, discontent is being sowed among the Greek-speaking believers and the Hebrew-speaking uh, believers. And the source of that discontent isn't the people themselves It's Satan. It's the agents of Satan. Unclean spirits are real. Okay? Uh, They are. I don't know a better way to say it. Uh, Remember, God is spirit. Okay? God created Satan. Okay? Satan is also spirit. Satan's minions our spirits. And they are always active doing the work of Satan. The only thing you have in your favor is God, the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And of course, there's legions of angels that I prayed. uh, uh, I won't go into my personal prayers again, but All right, let's keep that in mind, because it really, really, really is important when you see people desirous of evil things, desirous of something that's a sin, unable to resist temptation. Temptation is Satan at work, and he's good at it, okay? Verse 2. So, the Twelve called a meeting of all the believers. They said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the Word of God, not running a food program. And so, brothers, select seven men who are well-respected and are full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. We will give them this responsibility then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the Word. What we're going to see here, or what we are seeing here, is the beginning of church organizations. Uh, the idea of, uh, that we're seeing here uh, of a division of responsibility, um, what is that? Uh, in the expression serve tables the word serve is the is the verb form of the noun where we get our word deacon okay and so the function of these people in distributing foods was literally to deacon Table deacons are supposed to serve. Uh, we got into that in Timothy a little bit more. The idea of deacons and elders. Uh, deacons today have uh, well, uh, I won't get into that too much, but but uh, the original idea here and what's happening here is not deacons as we know them today. Uh, these people were were simply given. Uh, the responsibility of distribution of food equally among the people, okay? But the origin of the word uh, deacon is literally to deacon tables or to serve tables, okay? Verse 5, everyone liked this idea, the idea of, of division of responsibility, Verse 5, everyone liked this idea, and they chose the following. Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas of Antioch, an earlier convert to the Jewish faith. These seven were presented to the apostles, who prayed for them as they laid their hands on them. Now, Stephen, as I've mentioned before, uh, will eventually become the first martyr of the modern church. Um, Philip, uh, let's see, Philip entertained uh, Paul at Caesarea. Uh, He is also the one that we'll see a little bit later later who won the Ethiopian eunuch to Christ. And uh, Ethiopia, a church in Ethiopia, is actually rumored to be a possible location of the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, but I don't believe it's actually there, but that's another story. I'm a little bit of a history buff. And um, Philip carried the gospel to Samaria, uh, these other fellows—I uh, don't know anything about them at all, and I don't think I remember much in Scripture about them at all. All right, but Philip and uh, and uh, Stephen—they uh, both were good servants of Christ. Verse seven. So God's message continued to spread the number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem, and many of the Jewish priests were converted too. So here we finally see a mention in the scripture of the Jewish priests beginning to recognize that their Messiah came, uh, they missed him, but finally they realized the truth That Jesus Christ is the word, the way, the light, and the life. Thank God. Verse 8. Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. But one day, some men from the synagogue of freed slaves, as it was called, started to debate with him. They were Jews from Cyrene, Alexandria, Cilicia, and the province of Asia. None of them could stand against the wisdom and the spirit with which Stephen spoke. Uh, Stephen uh, is the first man other than, than an apostle who is said to have performed miracles in the book of Acts. Um, Was this because uh, the apostles laid hands on him when they gave him that um, extra responsibility as a deacon? Uh, Was it uh, simply something else that he carried on at the same time? Uh, The text doesn't tell us, but it's cool. Uh, it's, it's, it's really, it's just cool. I like Stephen uh, quite a bit. But notice uh, Stephen begins uh, teaching with authority. He performs amazing miracles, and instantly, jealousy arises. Jealousy arise, arose with Christ. Jealousy arose with Simon Peter and John. And here is Stephen performing miracles. Jealousy shows itself there as well. Is the jealousy Satan at work? Of course. Of course it is. Anything Satan can do to keep the truth of God And his son, our savior, from reaching the people, he will do. Okay, why? Because he knows in the end he will lose. Verse 11. So they persuaded some men to lie about Stephen, saying, We heard him blaspheme Moses and even God. This roused the people, the elders, and the teachers of religious law. So they arrested Stephen and brought him before the high council. Here again, we see the high council at work, working against Jesus Christ. Verse 13. And notice again, The only way they could bring Stephen before the High Council was to lie about him. The only way anyone, Christ, Peter, John, Stephen, any of them, were brought before the religious religious authorities was through lies. And remember, Satan is the king of lies. Verse 13. The lying witnesses said, This man is always speaking against the holy temple and against the law of Moses. We have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy the temple and change the customs Moses handed down to us, which we know As a lie, because remember, I've repeated it constantly and I'll continue to repeat it. Jesus didn't come to replace the law, but to fulfill it. Verse 15. At this point, everyone in the high council stared at Stephen because his face became as bright as. And angels. And right here is where chapter 6 ends. It's like a cliffhanger because it is. Chapter 7 is is pretty good. Because I, I just love... When In order for Stephen to uh, have his face become as bright as an angel's, he had to be full of the power of God, which means he was full of the Holy Spirit, just like Moses when he came down from Mount Sinai, just like Christ on the Mount of Transfiguration. What Stephen does in chapter 7, is put up a masterful defense, just like Peter, okay? Remember Peter's masterful defense. And remember, Peter wasn't educated. He was a fisherman. So how do these men put up masterful defenses? The power of the Holy Spirit, Ruach Hakmah, Ruach Hakodesh. Ruach Elohim, Ruach Yahweh. I need to put that up. The names of the Holy Spirit, the names of God, and the names of Christ. I'll try to do that after church tomorrow, if I can remember to do so. I've got it somewhere in a Word file, and I had it on the in, uh, goodfriar.com before. Before I had to stop paying for the hosting, and all that is lost, and I need to put all that up again because it's good to ruminate. It's good to, 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 what's the word that's escaping me at the moment? Every once in a while that happens. I'll have a word on the, it's good to commute, meditate. It's good to meditate on the names of God. It helps grow the spirit within you, trust me. I was out there praying earlier today. I love it when the sky is blue, and it doesn't happen very often where I live, but I love to go outside and sit outside just long enough to thank God for blue skies, to talk to Him, and to say His names, and say, thank you, God, for being an awesome God. That's a good thing to do. But, uh, well, that's the end of chapter 16 tiny little chapter why he stopped it there maybe to leave it on a cliffhanger who knows Uh, but always please try to like and rate and all that stuff and uh, give links uh, to the bible studies please help get the word out there but before you go please let me leave you a blessing from the Father. Heavenly Father, as I raise my right hand, please extend through me your loving grace, your loving spirit, your loving and healing touch, as I extend to your listeners the blessing of Numbers 6, 24, 26. May the Lord bless you and keep you, May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name. Hey, thanks so much for living, listening. For living. <laughs> thanks so much for listening. Until next time, God bless.